Alright, hello everyone. This is Eric from Babylon, and we're uh, really happy to welcome Side Protocol's Shane to Scaling Bitcoin Sessions. How are you doing, Shane? Doing good. Um, hello, Eric, and uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be invited. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, thank you for you know being willing to jump on the space. Uh, we do these weekly, um, and we don't have a certain day that we do them. We always just kind of try to work around the protocol. So thank you for making time and joining us today. Yeah, appreciate it for the organizing the event. All right. So um, where where are you? Where you're at, Shane? Is it nighttime? Is it daytime? Uh, daytime. So GM, everyone. Gotcha. For for me, it's nine p.m. right now. So. You know, th- this will be the last thing I do before I go to bed peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Well, um, Shane, like I was saying a, li- a little bit ago, my name is Eric. Um, I've been with Babylon since April. Um, I'm the community manager. I'm also part of a team called Cosmos Spaces, um, which we help onboard people onto the Cosmos and have validators. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mostly uh, my job here is, you know, hosting these spaces and helping with community outreach. Um, I've been in the Cosmos since early 2022. And um, I actually learned about Babylon uh, uh, over a year ago uh, at at a big uh, event that we had called Cosmoverse. I I saw David, our founder, for the first time talking about Babylon. And um, I I knew that I wanted to be involved somehow, like... uh, Immediately when we got back home, I reached out to them and let them know that I wanted to host a space with them. And so um, I've, I've been really bullish on on Babylon. And so um, one of the reasons we're having this talk with you here today, Shane Wright, is because we do have our integration announcement with Side Protocol. So really excited about that. So really, really happy that you're a part of uh, our ecosystem. Um, uh-huh. go, go ahead and introduce yourself to, to the audience. Sure. Um, so... Um... Uh, I'm Shane Chu, the co-founder of Side Labs, which is the core contributor to Side Protocol. And a brief rundown on my background. Um, my journey in crypto began in college, and in and in 2019, I joined uh, Binance Labs as a researcher focusing on early stage investment research, launchpad listing stuff, contributing to some of Binance notable investments. And that pathway led me to become an advisor and investor in NIM, YM. Not sure how many of you guys heard about it, but NIM is a privacy, a layer zero privacy project backed by uh, VCs like uh, HZ, Polychain, among others. <clears throat> so that's uh, that's pretty much my pre- previous journey in the space. Yeah. And then I officially started Side Protocol project around early this year. <clears throat> okay. Um. How was your experience with uh, Binance? Um, was that something that came to you pretty easily? Was it a challenge to get a job there? Tell us about that experience a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, quite challenging, actually. Um, so back then, um, I applied the job about like a few months after after Binance started this uh, new department. And I basically went through like nine interviews, which many people Yo, basically nine interviews over <laughs> over two months uh, I finally got in that was uh yeah that was quite painful actually yeah Did, yeah I'm sure you doubted yourself you're like what am I doing after <laughs> that's a lot of interviews to go through yeah but I, I think that speaks as to the candidate that you are though you know so um obviously a uh, very bright person who has a lot of talent so that's really impressive Shane thank you <clears throat> So um, I wanted to just kind of talk about me a little bit, just just to do a little brief overview. We, we're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about my first time hearing about Bitcoin and my experience with it. And I'm just curious to know yeah. how your experience was like. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wish I knew exactly the year that I heard about Bitcoin. All I remember is what I heard in the news that Bitcoin, uh, you know, was used in the black market. And was used for illegal things, and so at the time, I've said this before, and in, in these spaces, like I just I didn't understand it, so I just envisioned it like an evil PayPal. That was like the closest <laughs> I could I could think about it, and so I just stayed as far away as possible from it. 
And it wasn't until 2017 when a buddy of mine was like, hey, Bitcoin is $3,000. So it's it's way, it's too late to get into it, <laughs> which yep. is funny, funny now to, to say that. Um, and he's like, but there's this new token called Ethereum. They're just going to, uh, Russia is going to start like some coalition. And so uh, I started looking into crypto and that was kind of like my, my entrance into it um, right before the, the bull run in 2017. And then obviously part of the bear market since then. And so I've been involved in the space in some capacity since then. But um, yeah, my first experience and, and you know, hearing about Bitcoin was not good for me. Uh, curious to see what your journey with that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, back in college in Canada, I had this, uh, this part-time gig as a trader. So I came across some Bitcoin-related highlights frequently, um, although initially it didn't really grab my attention. But, you know, there's uh, one fun fact about like Canada. Uh, it's got the world's first uh, Bitcoin ATM was in store in Vancouver, Canada. And mm. um, that emergence of Bitcoin ATMs around our campus really piqued my curiosity and this curiosity led me to a deeper exploration into things like uh, mechanisms and stories behind the Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, and that uh, eventually brought me into the blockchain industry. And <clears throat> I think uh, in early days, uh, I was particularly drawn to like dApps on Ethereum. But you know, like in early days, most of the popular ones were like uh, Ponzi-like or gambling dApps. Yeah, they were, uh, or yeah. like I think Crypto Kitties, where that would just yeah. like slow down the whole network. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and I can still like recognize the the potential how cryptocurrencies are able to um, change the financial industry. So, decided to officially commence my career in the space yeah. after graduation. That's awesome. So how, how do you feel about Bitcoin in general? I know you said that, you know, seeing like the ATMs piqued your interest. Now that you've been in this space for, you know, for a long time now, do you like how like this marketplace is attached to Bitcoin or do you wish it was more separate? Um, you mean the market attached, you mean price or... Yeah, like whenever Bitcoin dumps, you see everything follow. Whenever it goes up, you see everything follow. Like everything is so dependent on, on Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, there are many sides to look at when it comes to this um, using Bitcoin as a standard to kind of measure other cryptocurrencies. When it comes to things like liquidity, Bitcoin's wide acceptance and high liquidity make it a very, very good reference for liquidity of other cryptocurrencies. You know, it's often easier easier to swap Bitcoin for things like uh, fiat or like real world assets compared to most other cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, in addition to this liquidity perspective, like from, uh, you know, like from a security standpoint, um, Bitcoin blockchain itself is seen as a very secure, uh, like it's seen as very, very secure due to its decentralized nature. And yeah, um, it takes a huge amount of computing power needed to pull off a major attack, like a 51. 51%, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so on that front, I think Bitcoin can be a very good standard to check how, like, how secure other blockchains are. Um, and these are like something I think Bitcoin can be used to measure other cryptocurrencies. But um <clears throat> but like Bitcoin itself doesn't really give a full picture of how the diverse world of cryptocurrencies, since its main use nowadays is more like uh, digital gold. Yeah. Um, but nowadays we have uh, other blockchains like Ethereum, which is serving as the general purpose blockchain for smart contracts and Tron is making waves in uh, crypto payments scene. And, and, uh, uh, and there are more app-specific chains emerging for things like DeFi, gaming, NFTs, and so on, um, each with different purposes. <clears throat> so I think, uh, um, uh, yeah, so each, each cryptocurrency is unique and may have features that 
uh, Bitcoin doesn't have. Yeah, no, no, d- definitely. Um, uh, we've we've thought of so many different things that you know you could do in blockchain that um, that Bitcoin wasn't meant to do. So it, it's actually really cool to see what new people coming into the space can think of to do here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I, I wanted to um, ask you a little bit about. I know that you said you worked at Binance. So is that one of the reasons why um, whenever you decided to create Side Labs, um, you decided to work in the Cosmos SDK? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, mean the relationship between Binance and Cosmos or? Yes, yes. So, so I, I know that Binance, <laughs> um, their token BNB is built off Cosmos SDK, right? Like not yeah. exactly, well, you know, a full-fledged version, but a version of it. So I was wondering if that familiar, familiarity um, is what caused you to then work with Side Protocol being on the Cosmos. Uh, no, not really, honest. Um, to be honest. Um, so <laughs> the 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 so you know I just mentioned I uh, used to contribute to this name YN. It's a yes. private project. So during my time there. Uh, contributing to this project, I had the opportunity to collaborate with Ping. Ping's, uh, who is a very uh, regarded, highly regarded builder in the Cosmos community, who created the most popular open source explorer, PingPub. Uh, and I think a lot of people in Cosmos might heard about this. Yeah, so, we use it all the time, especially for smaller chains that aren't like on yeah. Scan or Kepler. And yeah, you use PingPub. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people use it for like. Uh, like um, block related stuff, like validators and projects or use that. Yeah. And our mutual interest, mutual interest in, in the Cosmos ecosystem led to many engaging conversations. And to that end, we decided to uh, uh, to embark on this project, Side Protocol, which uh, gradually evolved from its initial idea to, to the whole new nar- narrative that we have today. <clears throat> That's cool. So t- tell us a little bit about um, what that narrative is, because uh, I know not everyone here knows about side protocol. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've created. Yeah, so uh, for side protocol, um, um, so we're basically uh, calling us uh, the, the first modular and omnichain exchange layer that offers uh, full stack as well as uh, very dedicated infra tools and applications for decentralized XI exchanges. <clears throat> and um, so when I when I mention modular, I, I'm referring to how the design of the protocol is broken down into several independent modules with each performing a specific function. Um, this protocol allows for permissionless integration and can also serve as like a modular exchange uh, layer for other blockchains and applications. Um, essentially, it operates as uh, exchange as a service model, um, kind of uh, serve other dApps and uh, chains and, and developers and users. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when I uh, talk about this omni-chain, I, I don't just mean it's a, it's a multi-chain protocol. It can also execute cross-chain atomic swaps that um, can also facilitate uh, XI exchanges across different blockchains by uh, yeah. using general message passing protocols without the need for bridges. Yeah, I was actually reading, um, I was checking out your Medium blogs, and I saw that that was like the first article on there, which is y'all introducing the interchain atomic swaps. Yeah. So that, that, uh, that was, uh, I, I think, maybe half a year ago, um, the application was merged to IBC official repo. Or uh, yeah. So uh, how like how is it like whenever you you create something and it you see that it works like can you kind of walk us through that like the excitement of being able to tell everyone like hey look like we, what we've done. Yeah sure 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 there so um about our protocol like when you dive into the protocol our test stack is like a, a big box of uh, unique modules, um each piece bringing something very special to the table. When you dive into each module, uh, you find it's like a it's, it's like a Swiss Army knife for exchanges. We mm-hmm. have uh, AMN automated market makers, 
central limited order books and OTC trading. And moreover, it's omnichain again, uh, which means at launch, it, it'll play well with both EVN and Cosmos blockchains. Um, and when we um, uh, look a bit further, there are three sub protocols that we have, uh, and also a layer one blockchain. So first, um, we have this <coughs> this uh, open side protocol, which is uh, the first sub protocol. Uh, it's like um, the first scalable atomic swap protocol that can be widely used by both EVN and Cosmos ecosystems, and uh, we actually using it right now to build That's a awesome. super cool omnichain OTC marketplace for custom orders. Um, and second, we have um, what we call uh, mesh liquidity. It, it's 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 positioned as a modular liquidity layer for omnichain DeFi. So think of it like uh, as a social network where every blockchain can share and access liquidity, whether uh, within or between uh, different blockchains. And third, we have uh, ZK side. You know, everyone loves a friendly interface, right? And yeah. ZK side is here to yeah is here to make uh, decentralized order book trading feel as smooth and and familiar as using your favorite centralized exchanges. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, three. Sorry, Shane. It looks like we just lost you. I can hear you again. Sorry, we lost you for a second. Uh, is my audio clear now? Yeah, you're clear now. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. So just talk about like three sub particles on their side, and we also have side chain. It's like an app chain built for mesh liquidity and the order book protocol. Um, and with the introduction of uh, permissionless deployment of uh, of smart contracts, we it can uh, eventually become an ecosystem for all types of applications. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you, like, again, I told you that I was reading, you know, your Medium thing, your Medium articles. Um, whenever you talked about a, a rebranding, was it just a new logo or were you guys changing a little bit of what you were planning on doing? Oh, no, it's just more like on the design part. Um, okay. That rebranding was... Uh, many many months ago, I think, and yeah. uh, initially we had uh, another logo, another website. So that rebranding is basically switching uh, the original logo and website to a new one. And actually, we now are preparing a new like uh, visual identity system coming up next month. So we'll do okay. like another rebranding, but uh, this rebranding doesn't involve. Things like uh, the change of name or change of narrative, uh, everything is still the same. Yeah, it, it's just trying to convey like what you do more with your like your branding. I, I think that, that'd be a good way of saying that. That's cool. Um, I I was seeing also that you guys have actually a lot of good integrations. Like I saw Archway, I saw Neem, which you've you've mentioned. Um, was the Neem integration made easier since you worked with them uh, before? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it was uh, easy um so all, all these integrations are the real integrations not just yeah. like marketing uh, marketing efforts um so this integration are basically um uh, allowing us to to deploy uh our smart contract on top of all the partners blockchains like we've partnered with uh, neem injective Neutron, Archway, uh, and there are many more Leo ones coming up. Um, we will deploy on top of these Leo ones, and also we will also start the integration with uh, EVN ecosystem, in including uh, Ethereum, BNB chain, and many others. We will deploy this smart contract on top of this ecosystem, and these integrations allowed us to really build a partnership with these projects. Because uh, yeah. well, for them, I think. They also want to grow their ecosystem. Everyone wants a like a larger ecosystem these days, um, and uh, yeah. So that's that's pretty much uh, about our previous integrations and partnerships. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I like what you're doing because instead of like trying to compete like with all these other different, you know, protocols, you've in essence made yourself essential where everyone wants to use you and sees the value that you provide. And so if, to me, it seems like you could even become bigger because everyone can, you know, can use what side protocol is doing. Um, so I, I think that that's actually pretty, pretty, a pretty smart way of doing it. And it's pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see here. So, um, I wanted to kind of ask you about what really inspired you to create side, like, where did you see the need for it? And then where did you come up with the name for it? Okay. Uh, very good question. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, about NAN, so uh, it's very hard these days in crypto space to really find an, a new project name that's easy to remember and that can stand like that can stand out. Can, yeah, can be memorable. <laughs> kind of mean uh, and express what you're building. So, site itself, uh, each letter. Stands for scalability, interoperability, decentralized, and decentralization, and ex in, in exchange, <clears throat> and that okay. together become a site. Yeah. Uh, and um, and why I started this project? Uh, um, so when I when I'm thinking about starting a project, one key aspect I always consider is sustainability, and there are always new narrative with projects sprouting up to chase this new narrative, but many haven't, haven't proven to be sustainable over the long run. Um, and when you boil it down to first principles, um, trading and exchanging assets or currencies is a fundamental human activity that has never changed and it's been around for like thousands of years. Yeah. Um, and you know, this essence of exchange it's a basic truth that won't change, though the the, the asset classes or the technology uh, will evolve. So looking ahead, I believe that even 10 or 20 years down the line, even if the cryptocurrencies we see today change, um, the blockchain-based exchange could could still like could still facilitate trades for uh, not only cryptocurrencies but also real-world assets. Yeah, and I no. think. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and and I think like uh, centralized exchanges will won't vanish. They they will likely continue to dominate the market. Uh, however, like market shares of DEXs will continue to grow as centralized exchanges have their downsides in natural. Um, while decentralized exchanges still offer a lot of promising uh, features, like allowing users to have their own control over funds, but like you know. Dexes currently still fall short in providing very good UX, um, yeah. and they and they also have uh, like technical limitation due to their uh, decentralized nature. Nature, yeah, yeah. And and when we notice uh, these issues, uh, we put in a lot of research to figure out what the ideal exchange protocol might look like, and that's how we started with the aim to address these challenges and offer a better solution. Um, that can potentially make more uh, positive impact for the future of DeFi. Yeah, uh, I, I love, um, you know, that you saw um, a problem and, and you thought of a solution. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like, w was it easy? You know, you know, you decided to, to make it and was it easy to actually implement it or what kind of hurdles did you come across? Um. So, like, you know, to start a project, there are many, many challenges in terms of many expect, like technical or like biz dev or fundraising, many, many expects. And I think uh, uh, technical limitations are going to be the, the, um, the lowest uh, limitation in the long run because everyone will be able to build a very good decks in the long run. Um, for us, we don't feel like it's super hard for our team to build the technology behind this protocol. But the the true challenge here is to really um, how we can like over the uh, over the next 
one or two years to get real uh, traction for our protocol and get it to adopt it, uh, get it get it adopted by other protocols or other uh, applications. And that's something I'm still struggling and still trying to figure out. Mm, yeah. uh, how how big is your team? Uh, was it difficult to to assemble it, or how did you find people that had the same uh, goals that you did? Yeah, we have a team of ten people right now. Um, so, like I mentioned, I officially started this project with Ping, and then Ping and I we uh, brought in some developers from the community in Cosmos to build the initial tech stack in Cosmos, uh, and then we also. Uh, after we get funded, we have more capital to hire new engineers. Um, we um, publicly uh, released the job, and uh, a lot of people just apply, and then we did interviews. Uh, did you do nine interviews for each one? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it depends. Depends on candidate, like how good they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and and Ping also brought like some previous um, uh, like employees to to the, to the project as well. Yeah, that's that's really cool. You know, um, in at Babylon, we're all over the place. We have people in Greece, United States, Australia. So I think it's so cool how like no another time in history could you really do businesses like this where you're all over you know the world and you all are working for the one common thing. So. I, th- I think it's awesome that we live in Web3 where we can do make this happen. Yeah, yeah. One thing I really love about Web3 is that we can work remotely, uh, mostly. Like, I- I've been working um, remotely for the past few years, and I really love that uh, work style. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, to, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good for mental health, actually, too. You know, being able to kind of pace yourself, um, it's it's pretty great, I th- I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I know that you're talking about you know some of the the hurdles that you you know that you see coming and that you you still struggle with. What kind of things have been easy, like that you've actually are excited that you know that you've been able to accomplish and that you're proud of? Um, yeah, like uh, hmm. I think uh, fundraising was easy for us. Uh, I know, I know, like for a lot of projects these days, they are still struggling to get funded. Um, but for us, we uh, got almost subscribed during our last round in just uh, uh, two months, and a lot of people uh, try try to get in our round. Because I had yeah. this, um, I've been in the space for many years. I, I built my reputation. Same for Ping, who built this uh, open source project, and. Um, uh, so when we started this project, um, like many VCs and, and friends, they committed to support. So on that part, I'm really like uh, excited and, and proud that we closed our initial round to further accelerate our development. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the other side, uh, on the on the project development side, we um, we we. Uh, I'm glad that we assembled this team. So we have a full stack developer, a development team that has like both backend, front end, and, and all these developers are uh, are like some of the best uh, in the space. They they are familiar. They've been working in the space for many years and familiar with all the tech stack that we need. Um, so I'm also very proud of this team right now. Uh, um, yeah. So do you ever see yourselves expanding beyond just, you know, Cosmos, EVMs to other POS chains or other ecosystems? Uh, definitely. Uh, just uh, like it's just a matter of priority. Um, like uh, we started with Cosmos and, and we really love Cosmos and we see the potential of this ecosystem and, and how good this tech stack is. So yeah. we are publishing this ecosystem. And then on the other hand, we have EVN, which is the largest ecosystem where majority of assets are there. And uh, we need to, uh, we have to like get in EVN ecosystem in terms of other uh, like POS or other ecosystem. 
um, I think we will start this integration or this uh, development or deployment only after we finish the current uh, current works, like uh, the the Cosmos and EVN and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's similar to like what Babylon's doing because we we've integrated with thirty six different you know protocols here in the Cosmos. And um, our, definitely the vision is to expand beyond, uh, you know, like Solana, Zapdos, yep. XRP, you know, just that that's the, the vision. And so um, I think it's so cool whenever a protocol can bring value to not just this eco- ecosystem that it's in, but to other ecosystems, because I, I think that's what the future is whenever, you know, you'll, you're able to work with one another instead of compete with one another. Um, so it, it's awesome to see other projects have that same mindset. Yeah, I totally agree that Babylon should definitely, the end goal is to uh, get OPOS chains to use Babylon. And that's, the I think, the end goal for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about the integration that we had with you. Um, so just for the audience, in case they don't know, uh, Babylon currently um, kind of brings two different things to the table. We're on testing right now, but we provide proof-of-stake chains with Bitcoin security um, one of the biggest things for proof-of-stake chain is they're vulnerable to long-range attacks. That's why there's a long unbonding period. And with Bitcoin timestamping, we negate that. We uh, Because like um, Shane mentioned earlier, you can't. You have to have so much money to be able to do an attack on Bitcoin to be able to do anything that it's pretty much impossible. So um, we, we are timestamping onto the Bitcoin blockchain. So whatever is timestamped on there, can't be changed you can't have a, a malicious validator say oh no this is the the real chain like they can't prove it so we give that security to prove of stake chains that's that's our bitcoin timestamping protocol we also have uh bitcoin staking that um we are currently doing and we'll have our testnet coming out later this this year that um provides prove of stake chains with uh, financial security with t- with TVL that way whenever they come up with their token they don't have to have bad tokenomics to try to convince people to stake that token um, instead of dumping it but you're able to provide secure- security to the chain by um, staking and protecting it with Bitcoin so for us we believe that allows uh, protocols to actually have good tokenomics for the for the governance tokens and not try to get their governance token to do too much um, and so it's just a healthier way of, of having a chain and being able to to secure your chain and not have to worry about malicious actors. Um, and so, you know, saying, uh, you know, having said that, I do want to ask Shane, like, what part of that, you know, really uh, interested you guys in, in building this integration with us? Yeah, uh, I mean, mm, I think uh, I think what Babylon does is, is pretty cool. It stamps our chain's activities onto Bitcoin which is like a security powerhouse making our chain much safer and by timestamping events from our chain onto Bitcoin, this, uh, this protocol allows us to benefit from Bitcoin security features. Uh, and one big plus is that it cuts down the unbounding time from weeks to just a day by using yeah. Bitcoin's proven security instead of the usual way where everyone has to agree, which can take about uh, two to three weeks. Um, and this can make our chain more user friendly and efficient, especially for the skit, uh, stakeholders. Yeah, th- th- yeah to me, to, to, to me, um, when I first heard about Babylon, I was telling you like over a year ago, that's the big thing that jumped out to me. First, it was that David uh, had written to the Ethereum team and told them they found some errors in their proof of stake paper. And then it was the fast unbonding times because I was like, I had just been a part of a bunch of other ecosystems where the unbonding time was actually more than three weeks. It was four weeks. And I was like, uh, if something like if some news comes out, I want to be able to or if I if I need to move tokens, I want to be able to do it quickly. By the time I get access to these tokens, I might have forgotten what I wanted to do with them. And it's, you know, four weeks later. So uh, Babylon being able to change that in the cosmos from three weeks to mere hours is to me, it still blows mm-hmm. my mind that, that that's able to happen. Yeah. Um, that's I, super cool. Talking to a few protocols, they, they still worry about it being so fast. 
um, they think that maybe making it just a few days would be safer. Could you, you know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but could you kind of give your opinion on, on what you think if, you know, going the full, you know, as fast as possible would be better or maybe doing it fast, but not, you know, not, not mere hours? Um, uh, to be honest, I think I need to do a bit further, like, research on, onto that to, okay. like, uh, think about a potential threat. Yeah, repercussions, or, like, repercussions, like, what, what, yeah, the pros and cons of, yeah, uh, no, definitely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, for some projects, like, uh, fast and bounding might, might give extra uh, pressure on the token release. Like, a lot of these bounding is is basically like getting this token lock instead of releasing on a secondary market yeah um, but but again you're also paying a lot of like cost to to maintain this the, like high inflation high inflation stuff. yeah yeah you have to do really high inflation to try to deter that so, yeah so the like there there here here's the trade-off you have pros and cons for for this No, yeah, exactly. So, I think it's fair to say that you, you know, that you would look at it more and, and try to determine, what, you know, like how you truly feel about it. So, thank you for uh, being honest in your response. Mm -hmm. I so I wanted to tell you, Shane, a little bit, um, kind of going a little bit back to Bitcoin. Um, my mm -hmm. family is from El Salvador, and um, oh, my, my really? yeah. So, <laughs> so I was born in the United States. But my family's from El Salvador, and they came here uh, during the, our civil war in the 1980s, and so um, it was it was pretty bad. Um, they saw a lot of things that no person should see, and um, we had all our family back home. And so I remember um, going to like after they would they'd get their paycheck, them sending money back home, and just the incredible costs that um, that you'd see, you know, having to pay like these high fees in order to send money to, from one bank to another bank. So that was one of the things that initially like really um, made me interested in crypto when I saw that we could do the same thing for less than cents, you know, like it, it could be super cheap to, to do that. And um, it made me think that banking was truly accessible to anyone. Um, and then, like I told you, since I'm from El Salvador, you know, this president that's come, he's decided to make Bitcoin legal tender. Yeah. And so a lot of the reason why I feel like crypto was even made was so governments wouldn't um, be involved in, you know, your financial um, things. And so I just wanted to see how you what did you think about governments um, dabbling into crypto and making it legal tender? Do you think that's um, going against what we you know what it originally supposed to be? Or do you think that's a good um, good idea? Yeah. Um, I think I had a lot to like say because I, I did quite research on this uh, before. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I'm very glad that we have countries like El Salvador to take this matter really seriously, despite mm -hmm. there are like associated uh, pros and cons when it comes to using Bitcoin as legal tender. Um, so firstly, I think for, uh, for cryptocurrencies to become mainstream, the initiation is likely to come from emerging market where a large number of people lack access to, to uh, traditional banking system. In these nations, uh, trust in traditional banking hasn't been well established. So decentralized tech like Bitcoin um, have the potential to bypass the Web2 infra and find the easier adoptions, uh, adoptions there. Um, and uh, in terms of like pros of using Bitcoin as legal tender, uh, I think it offers a way for um, like El Salvador to diversify their monetary system and mm -hmm. kind of lighten their reliance on the uh, the U.S. dollar. And besides that, by using Bitcoin, the process, um, like I mentioned, the process of uh, remittance could be significantly enhanced compared to like uh, traditional banking methods in transaction uh, things like transaction fees can become much lower um, um, yeah and 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 you know when it comes to using uh, Bitcoin as legal tender 
there's a common discourse about Bitcoin's uh, price volatility. So when you consider the fiat currency of certain countries here, I'm not saying uh, El Salvador, yeah. but uh, some like uh, Turkey are facing severe inflation. So in yeah. such situation, holding Bitcoin might present a better option and, and an alternative store of value for the citizens in these nations. Um, so those yeah. are yeah benefits, I think. Yeah, like uh, for me, I think uh, Venezuela, who, whose currency like went to pretty much zero um, so a, yeah. a few years ago. So yeah, definitely like a, as a as a citizen, um, having something that's less volatile than the, the government just printing money, I think is really important. And just for me, thinking about it here in the U.S., I think countries like El Salvador that are crypto friendly kind of put the pressure of of us regulating. And um, I, I feel like lots of protocols and lots of people in crypto I, are wanting regulation. So then because we want to do everything by the book. And so we've been, you know, clamoring, you know, to have some regulation. And I feel like, you know, if it will Souter has success in what they're doing, I think it's going to put the pressure on countries like in the United States to actually come out with some regulation and, and tell us, you know, what, mm-hmm. what those things are, because they're, they want to be a part of it too. Once they see that it's something that's for good and they won't want to miss out on that. So I, I think that's another benefit also for countries like El Salvador doing what they're doing. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I uh, just said, um, so there's a common word that, that's basically used in, in these matters. It's called leapfrog uh, so, to allow these citizens in these nations to kind of leapfrog the, the Web2 financial infrastructure. And that's something, uh, that, that's the reason why I said like initiation mm-hmm. is likely to come from these, uh, these countries. Okay. Yeah. No. Th- thank you so much for answering that. I, I loved your responses to that. Um, so, and like I told you, it's it's a something that's really dear to me. It's just like I care about it mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I have family that's still over there, and so just uh, it's cool to yeah. see El Salvador doing something. <laughs> uh. Yeah. 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 But like, uh, I also have like concerns about uh using Bitcoin as a legal tender. Because you yeah, know, because it's uh, it's different now. I don't. It's more of a store of value now, right? Instead of being used for transactions and stuff. So I, I know that there's. Go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to say, but yeah, I know that there is some concerns. Yeah, like if you want to use it for payment, you have like USDT or Tron, which has uh, lower transaction costs. Um, Bitcoin today is not definitely definitely not a good option for <laughs> daily transactions, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and like. There are also concerns around, um, uh, like uh, uh, due to its anonymous nature of Bitcoin, it can potentially be used to facilitate uh, like illegal activities as well. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that there's always pros and cons, and so it's good to think about both and not just you know be be on one side. So I'm, I'm glad you pointed those out. Yeah. So let, let's uh, shift back to side protocol. Sorry that I'm picking you all over the place, but you know that's just how you, you're making me think when we're talking. So I'm I'm enjoying this talk. <laughs> Likewise. Um, yeah. So um, you know you've told us a lot about side protocol. Um, what would you say is like like just if someone were to ask you, hey, what makes side protocol unique? What would be like the nice response that you can really make it stand out to our audience? Um, so yeah, just, uh, a few points. It's, it's, uh, uh like I mentioned in, uh, in previous question, Cyprog is the first modular, uh, modular and the omni-chain also it's full stack. So those are some features that we have, uh, that are, uh, that are unique and, and differentiate us from other protocols. So by, um, by full stack, I mean, it goes beyond being just a, a, a singular exchange mechanism. We have like things like uh, AMN, OTC, order book all under this protocol. Um, and and uh, it's omni-chain, it supports all the ecosystems, not only in Cosmos, but also in EVN ecosystem. And yeah, so I think when I look at other projects out there in the, in the crypto space, 
there's really not a project that's doing exactly uh, exactly the same thing as we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a huge way that that make you stand out. And um, I know you mentioned it a little bit, but like, w- what's in store for Side Protocol? Like, uh, w- what are some things that are on your roadmap that you know that um, haven't come to place yet? Yeah. So again, like uh, under Side, we have three Side Protocols and one layer one blockchain, and we'll gradually release all these uh, in a, in the coming few months, uh, one year, two years. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I mentioned, we have OpenSide protocol and TommySwap protocol, which is an TommySwap protocol. And then we have um, Match Liquidity, uh, which is positioned as modular, exchange, uh, modular liquidity layer. And then we have ZKSide. It's basically uh, trying to make uh, uh, DEX trading experience as smooth as other centralized exchanges so those are all the components that we have for sidechain, uh, side protocol, and then we also have sidechain, which is gonna be an ecosystem for DApps. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's kind of it. so it's like a it's it's modular, it's like a, a leg a Lego design thing. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, how can people get involved? Um, in, in what you're doing, um, is there anything? I, I know you guys have a Discord and um, other social media channels, but how, how could, you know, if I was really interested in what you're doing, how could I get involved with what you're doing? Um, yeah, we, we, we will share um, that our testnet is set to launch uh, very, very likely next month. And leading up to that, we've got a bunch of marketing activities lined up. So you will have the chance to join campaigns um, and that uh, both educating our community and gathering feedbacks. And then we're also going to roll out a few programs, including um, an insider program where community members can snack a special insider title. Um, as an insi- insider, you will get a sneak peek into what we are working <laughs> on and an early access to our testnet. That's awesome. Um, and we're also going to have like a, a ambassador program to kind of help us grow and expand our community. So if you're interested, uh, like anyone, anyone here is interested, keep an eye out for the application that will be released soon for the ambassador program. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, there are a lot of things coming up. Uh, just uh, stay tuned for our testnet launch and, and the exciting campaigns and activities that we have in store. I, I see a few validators in the in the audience. Um, is that testnet something that um, they could you know be a part of, or do you already have like a close set? Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna. Uh, so now the blockchain itself is running uh, on DevNet, and then we're gonna release this testnet where validators can all, all participate. And they can fill out the, the application form that we're going to release very soon. Um, we will share this on our Twitter uh, when we release the uh, application form for the validators. Yeah. So we we'll want to go get to know better about all validators out there. We want to get connected. We want to talk to you guys. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Th- thank you for sharing that information with us. Hey, uh, Shane, is there anything that that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you yet? I feel like we've we've uh, covered a lot of good things, but I want to make sure that you're able to say everything you wanted to share with us tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we, we've covered most of the parts about our projects, and uh, I think uh, if you if you anyone here wanna wants to learn more about us, uh, just feel free to reach out on Discord. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much I, I love to talk about. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to thank you again, Shane, for, for joining us. Um, I've had a lot of fun talking to you and, uh, you know, getting to know your perspective every time we have a guest, you know, you, you hear, you get different answers. And so I love just to kind of compare, um, you know, what, what I've learned from a few other, uh, founders. And so, uh, again, it's, it was a great pleasure you're uh, really easy to to talk to, and so I really appreciate you coming on with us. Likewise, I really appreciate uh, Babylon and you, Eric, for hosting this uh, this space. Yeah, 
hopefully whenever um you know down the line we can do another one so we can talk about where we're at once we're in mainnet and stuff so that, mm -hmm. that should be fun to be able to share you know how, how the journey has gone yeah really looking forward to that all right so everyone make sure that you follow shane and follow side protocol um there will be lots of different ways for you to get involved ambassador program validator sets and um he mentioned that they're going test net next month so Uh, yeah, a lot mm -hmm. of cool stuff happening. Make sure that you guys stay tuned. So thank you for joining us. Likewise. And uh, have a good one, everyone. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.